Hello again, and welcome to another episode of our podcast, Everyone Has a Story. It's the podcast that complements our two quarterly lifestyle magazines. Hello, Sunshine Magazine and In Noosa Magazine. Our summer issues are on the streets of the Sunshine Coast right now. On with today's episode of Everyone Has a Story, a podcast where we delve into the lives of extraordinary individuals who are shaping our world in remarkable ways. Today, we're thrilled to have with us Amanda Yates, the CEO of Sun Central, the company behind the transformative development of the new Maroochydore CBD here on the Sunshine Coast. In a world driven by technology and innovation, it's easy to overlook the power of infrastructure development. But as Amanda reminds us, building infrastructure isn't just about creating roads and bridges. It's about shaping the very fabric of our communities. Growing up, Amanda was inspired by her father's dedication to infrastructure projects. She witnessed firsthand the impact his work had on people's lives. And it was this realisation that ignited a passion to pursue a career in infrastructure development. Today, Amanda stands at the helm of Sun Central, leading a team of passionate individuals who are redefining the concept of a city centre. The new Maroochydore CBD is more than just a collection of buildings. It's a vision for a sustainable, connected and vibrant community. In this episode, we'll delve into Amanda's journey, exploring the challenges and triumphs of building a CBD from scratch. We'll also discuss the importance of community building, the role of green credentials in urban development and Amanda's vision for the future of Maroochydore. When your alarm goes off in the morning, what's the the most exciting part of your day? What do you look forward to the most? I think, well, I mean, we always start our day off with a walk to the beach. And I think the last sort of 16 to 18 months where I've been working here at Spawn Central to actually be able to um, do something that I really love professionally and to also have the added bonus of being at home here on the Sunshine Coast, a place that I really love, and to be able to get up in the morning and just go for that walk to the beach. And I don't know, just the smell of the ocean and um, just being able to to spend a bit of the, spend a bit of time there to set set the day and set my intentions for the day, I think is just an absolutely fantastic thing to be able to do. Once I get post that, I really love delivering infrastructure. I um, I just love being able to be involved, particularly in the delivery of public infrastructure, and to again to be involved in a project like we are at the Maroochydore City Centre, and to be able to do that in my own backyard is really fantastic. What ignited that passion, Amanda? You wouldn't hear a lot of people uh, use those words in terms of you know, yeah. I, I'm excited about delivering infrastructure. What what was the catalyst or what was the, the, the impetus in terms of, hey, you know what, I'm going to follow a, a career path. This is the one uh, I'm going to do. Do you know, I think um, it's, it's come from a really strong family background in infrastructure delivery. So my dad, when I was about five years old and when my sister was about six months old, we were living in Canberra and my mum and dad were both from Queensland and they had never travelled overseas before. And my dad's a real estate valuer and he went to a lunchtime, lunchtime seminar with United Nations 
and they were looking for people to deliver public infrastructure in third world countries and he took a role in Liberia in West Africa now I think at first when they said they had roles available in in, um, uh, in Liberia he might have thought that was in Tasmania or somewhere because they'd never been overseas so yes they took me as a five-year-old and my sister as a six-month-old baby to Liberia in West Africa and uh, we spent quite a significant amount of time there and um, dad delivered water supply infrastructure um, in, in Liberia and then went on to do that in many other countries including um, Thailand and, and all different places where um, he did that with the United Nations. So I think it's sort of been something that has been quite familiar to me for a long time and whilst the context of the infrastructure that I deliver is quite different, I reckon there's a really strong family background to it. Yeah, I guess you saw the end result of of what your dad's work entailed, and you thought, yeah. well, you know, we went from this to this, and now these people are benefiting from from you know the end results of his work over here. Um, yes. let, let's have a, a, a kind of an overview of what's happening there in the Maruchador CBD. This is the, the project is probably bigger and will last longer than what a lot of people, and even what I initially, I mean, I worked very close to there in the old ABC studios, and this was 10 years ago. But can you give us an overview of the timeline and the kind of, the the work that you're behind, Amanda, in terms of, of what you're in charge of over the next, because I believe it's, it's like a 25-year project, right? Yeah, it is. It's a very, very long-term project. So look, back in the early 2000s, about 2004, Maroochydore, as a suburb was identified as the city for the Sunshine Coast in the Southeast Queensland Regional Plan. So, you know, back at, in, in those days where I am working right now was a golf course and I, I know many people would have, would have known and been very familiar with the Horton Park Golf Course. And I think what, um, you know, what we had there was we had Maroochydore really growing as the, the city centre for the Sunshine Coast. And then we had almost the hole in the donut there in that we had this golf course right in the middle of, of the city. And the council back in 2015, uh, or actually a little earlier than that, you know, took a very brave decision to, to buy that golf course and to turn the 53-hectare Horton Park site into the CBD for the Sunshine Coast. So... I have been working here for 18 months and uh, yeah, we've got, you know, a good 15 years to go to to build out this project. And I think people who haven't been to the city for a long time will see that there have been a number of buildings that have have uh, developed over the last sort of five to six years. But yes, we've got uh, many years to go before we fully complete the city. And how much larger will that new Maroochydore CBD area encompass? At this stage, we can see all the construction where the old Horton Park golf course used to be. But will the kind of the boundaries of the parameters of that area extend far beyond that? Or is it contained to where to the to what we're seeing now where the cranes are working? Or is it larger than that, Amanda? It's probably larger than what people see, you know, what's visible here in terms of the buildings that are here. So the total site is 53 hectares. And if you've been to the city recently or you've, and you've been to one of the restaurants or you've come to City Hall or you've come to an event at the Met, then that area there that, that you'll be familiar with is about 25% of the, the total construction site. So it extends, the, the actual site boundary extends right down at the southern end to, to where Spotlight is. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite an enormous site. It's the largest greenfield CBD in the country. And I think it's one of those things that 
a person like me um, can't say too often in their career that they get to be involved in the development of of the largest greenfield CBD in the country. So it's really exciting. Can you elaborate on what that means? A greenfield is the word you're using. Yes, greenfield means um, you, you know that it's it's a completely non-established site. So we will be establishing it from from the ground up. So when we say greenfield, it's there's nothing here, and we will establish it all. So so far in the 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 part of the site that people will be familiar with. We have built um, all of the utilities, we've built all of the roads, and then we form up all of the of the sites where, where building and development occurs, and then we start to build. And then um, as we move further south for the remaining 75%, we will have to do all of that civil infrastructure and, and build all that. So none of the infrastructure is there. Um, we will go through and build all of that. So that's, you know, all of the roads, the water supply, um, you know, all of the services that are required to, to service a, um, a city. We'll, we will have to build all of those. I'm glad you elaborated on the term greenfield because I, in layman's terms, the the uh, what I would hear when people would talk about it, and, and you just confirmed it, 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 this is the first time a CBD is being built in Australia, like from scratch. From... Well, there have been CBDs that have built before, but this is the largest of of those CBDs from scratch that are being built at the moment. Yes. Yeah, where there's been an area and uh, uh, like predetermined, we, we will build a brand new CBD on this site. Can you totally. can you talk to me about all the stakeholders that involved uh, that are involved in the project because there's numerous and and how and Sun Central, a privately owned company. What 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 is the the backstory to Sun Central? So uh, the land was purchased by the Sunshine Coast Council and the council as a local government um, governing body really does not want to be in the business of, of being a developer. And so what they did was they established Sun Central. So Sun Central, it's effectively called a, a special purpose vehicle. So it was set up specifically to be initially the developer um, for the Maroochydore City Centre. So it is set up as a, as a totally separate entity to council. So it's a proprietary limited company. Uh, we have, uh, the, the council is our single shareholder and also our majority funder, but, but we are at arm's length from the council. And a lot of people will say to me, well, well how does that um, sort of give the independence as the developer? The real strength of the way Sun Central is set up is we have an independent commercial board um, and the, the council doesn't make decisions for the Maroochydore City Centre without the advice of that independent board. Right. So for many, many years, Sun Central was the developer here at the city centre, so since about 2015. And then, and, and part of the reason for doing that was, and you can see that council has done this for a number of its developments. Um, initially, when there was thought about getting a development partner in um, there's a lot of risk associated with a with a greenfield project and so council um, d decided that it would become you know it would have sun central be the developer for that period of time to de-risk it right. and get to the point where we could have um, you know a an independent player come in so for the first five or so years um, sun central did all of the civil infrastructure to set up all of the blocks so that they were ready for development and then we had individual development partners come in so each of the individual lots was was sold separately to to different developers and that's how the majority of the buildings that you see here have all come up in that way and then in 2020 an agreement was uh, a significant um, 
uh, expression of interest went out to the market and we had Walker Corporation, who are our development partner, came on board. So we've slightly changed recently in that Walker are now the developer for the remainder of the, the site here and uh, Sun Central's role is now as the development manager. So we still have that role as, um, you know, independent of council to make sure that the development management is happening in an appropriate way. Now, you mentioned that there's still a, a fair bit more, you know, 75% more development to happen in that yeah. in that area. I imagine you've got uh, uh, an insight into some more, you know, a stack of more exciting projects and, and buildings and construction that's going to be happening at that area. For me at the moment, the focal point of, of only that very small is the new city hall, which looks impressive from a, an architectural and design point of view and, um, you know, the, the, the way it kind of dominates that area. Can you give us an insight into other, any other exciting, what's the word I'm looking for, um, uh, iconic uh, developments that might be planned in the next five to ten years that will kind of also share that space with that impressive city hall? Yes, so we have, construction has commenced on two new buildings. The first of those is a private hospital. So we will have a private orthopaedic hospital here in the city centre. And that will also have a collaboration with the University of the Sunshine Coast. So there will be clinical trials and research as as well as, you know, that being a teaching hospital. So we're quite excited about, about that. And that's about a, a 10 storey building. So it's, um, you know, of the sort of scale that you see with City Hall. And then the other thing that you will see if you've sort of been around the city centre is commercial space is at a bit of a premium here. So we are commencing our next commercial building, which will be at 51st Avenue. So it's directly across the road from, um, from the City Hall building. And that will be our latest commercial offering for, for more commercial tenants to come in. Can you comment at all on, uh, let's look ahead, looking to the future in terms of transportation and how people will move about in and out of the CBD area and get to the CBD area? I know there's a lot of question marks over light rail and, and, and this, but, but what's, what's the, what's, what, what is kind of the big picture idea in terms of, of it being a hub where people can easily uh, get in and out of? I'm guessing thinking about green credentials we don't want to be reliant on motor vehicles and parking and fuel like can you just give me an overview of that as well amanda sure can so the for anyone who's been to the city and you know lots of people in the time that i have come here will tell me oh we love coming to the Little city center but we just can't stand the parking there's never any parking <laughs> okay and yes <laughs> and and so that has featured very very highly in a lot of the discussions that that i have had okay and i think what we like to tell people is that the way the Marichidor City Centre is designed, it's designed as a transit-oriented development. Now, what that means is you will see when you come here that the roads are narrower than what you, you might be used to around the rest of the Sunshine Coast and, you know, other parts of, of um, you know, various cities. So the, the roads are deliberately narrower and we have deliberately prioritised pedestrians and, and cyclists and people using active transport um, over cars. We The parking rates are deliberately um, lower than where you will, what you will see in other parts of Maroochydore and other parts of the Sunshine Coast. And so what we're really trying to do is to say to people, it's not that we don't want cars in the city centre, it's that we want people to be able to have 
other options as as um, a real choice in terms of of you know coming to the city and also moving around the city. So what we want is for the people's private cars not to be the first choice for the mode of transport. It's kind now, of an, it's kind of a nudge, isn't it? You're not you're not no, dictating, totally. yeah. but it's a, it's a no. nudge. This is where we we would like to yes. go in terms. Yes. Yeah, right. Now the difficulty, of course, with that is that. We really need, you know, active transport is available to people, and people are cycling here, and there is a lot of pe- there are a lot of people who are walking around. We really need a very, very good integrated public transport system, though, to 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 realise the full potential of this transit-oriented development. And so, obviously, we're advocating very, very strongly for a system of public transport that can connect people from to and from their homes to their places of work, their places, you know, their places of employment, their places of education, to healthcare, to hospitals, you know, to, to all of the places that people really need to be connected to. And we're also really very keen to make sure that the residents who are living here can have a level of self-containment. So that is, they may live here, they might also walk, work in the city and are able to walk to work, but also that there are restaurants and other forms of entertainment so that there's a lot for people to do here. And, you know, hopefully the people in the immediate vicinity of the city will be able to to commute by other means other than cars yeah. and we also want to make sure that you know people right across the sunshine coast really feel that sense that this is the city for the sunshine coast not just the city for Maroochydore. it's exciting look it's really a tale of two cities on the sunshine coast um i've heard a, a, and and read a fair bit about town planners um who love talking about high density living because uh it nudges people to all the things that you talked about you know if we we live you know we we tend to get in in a high density area we tend to get rid of our cars we walk more we we frequent the retailers at you know the commercial spaces but below where we live um so I, would i be accurate in saying that uh, residents down the southern part of the sunshine coast are more open and acceptable of this idea uh, of high density living where we see a future where we do away with our cars we 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 ride more we we walk you know we walk more as opposed to kind of our northern um <laughs> uh residents who would would probably hear the words high density living and 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 really have an adverse reaction to to oh, yeah do you know what i, I mean like i, I think yeah, that, I that I there's, there's these great benefits when when people when town planners talk about high density living and and being able to tra- get around and but, but not all Sunshine Coasters really embrace that idea, do they? No, and I think, look, a lot of people that I've spoken to have said, um, you, you know, we this is our Sunshine Coast and high-density living doesn't feature in the Sunshine Coast that we know. I think the thing we have to really reconcile as a region is that growth is happening. Yeah. Now, when... and, and There isn't... You know, we have to cater for that growth. And I think... If we cater for that growth in a planned way, so if we have densification, but we do it in the places that we're happy to accept that. So if we plan for, um, you know, higher density living here in the Maroochydore city centre, then what what that potentially does, it is it allows us to preserve other parts of our community that don't want that sort of high density living. So I think... You know, lots of people have said we don't want to be like the Gold Coast. And then when I say, well, what does that mean? Explain to me what you don't like about the Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of what they talk about I would describe as unplanned growth. And, um, you know, I'm not suggesting for a second that the Gold Coast is not, not a fantastic place to live, but I think when people use those, those can comparisons when you ask them to articulate what it is that they don't want it's that urban sprawl and i think the beauty of of densification in and and doing that in a planned way is people are able to live in an, a concentrated enough area that you can hopefully start to provide those services for people because you've got those greater masses of, of people and look we're seeing it already so the Sunshine Coast has got the second highest car ownership in the country, which is quite phenomenal. And we yeah. talk about, um, you know, cost of living. Um, I think it costs about $20,000 a year to own a car. So the fact that we've got the high, nearly the highest car ownership in the country, there are, if, if we got public transport right and if people were able to have real alternative transport choices, it would do an awful lot to go towards improving people's, you know, the cost of living that people are facing at the moment. And if you look across the coast, about 85% of trips um, happen by private car. Now, we have started to look at what that looks like in the city centre. There's only 62% of workers who travel in by car. So, you know, you sort of think, well, already we're starting to see people who are working in the city who are making choices other than um, that they have to drive to work. Across the coast, about 12% of trips are done by active transport, so that is walking or cycling or scootering. In the city centre, we're seeing that number is 38%. And, you know, equally, the average across the coast for public transport usage is 3%, whereas in the city centre, it's 7%. Yeah. So we are already seeing that the way we're designing this city is making people really think about their travel choices and already they're making different travel choices to to what are being made across the rest of the coast and so i think it's really something that we want to make sure that we continue to encourage and you're right it is nudge behavior and you know what we're hoping for is that we can also advocate for a really good integrated public transport system here that'll meet meet the current and future needs of the sunshine coast yeah it's exciting i just finished watching on netflix uh living to 100 secrets of the blue zones and uh, i don't know if you've watched it but they've they've kind of taken all those ideas and uh, singapore has embraced a lot of that in terms of you know the cost of a motor vehicle is really expensive it's uh it's to discourage people to keep purchasing uh it's about you know it's about getting um uh what they have an incentive i think to get your parents once they're elderly to come like a proximity incentive where they come and live close to you this high density living you walk more they're healthier they ride you know ride their bicycles all this kind of stuff it's really an interesting um an interesting exercise and it sounds like you know it's 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 great to hear that this kind of thing is in progress uh, where eventually, you know, maybe, you know, in, in the near future that we'll, we'll get this this mindset change, you know, where people go, you know, I don't need a car. I can I can walk, I can take the, the scooter, I can do, you know, and and, uh, and uh, I think it's I think it's great. Um, yeah, and look, I mean, I've been, I've, I've got an electric bike and I know that, um, you know, that makes it a little bit easier than a conventional bike, but I can ride my bike to work in about the same time it takes me to drive and so yeah. i mean i obviously have the luxury of living fairly close to to where i'm working and i know that's not um everybody's circumstance but you know i ride past the alexander um headlands every day when i on, on it's a beautiful outlook here. isn't it yeah and it's beautiful and so you sort of think this is doing good for my hip pocket. This is doing good for my mental health you yeah. know being able to smell the ocean is yeah. just the most wonderful thing and you kind of 
you, you get that time to then, um, you, you know, just work through stuff in your head and you get home and feel um, sort of refreshed and you can just let go of all of the things that you, that you had to worry about in the day. So there's, there's just so many benefits to being able to do that, I think. Yeah, it's a little bit of me time when you uh, spend that time totally. riding, walking. Uh, yeah, you're right. I asked at the start, uh, you know, what you look forward to the most when the alarm goes off. What do you look forward to uh, the most at the end of the day when, when you clock off, Amanda, when you get to go home? Um, look, I am uh, in my 50s and um, I know how important it is for for women of my age group to do weight-bearing exercise. The thing that I don't look forward to but I know that I have to do <laughs> yeah. is I have to go to the gym. And so I try and do that you know, a few times a week just to make sure that, that I am doing the right thing to, to maintain my own health so that I can – you know, it takes a lot of energy really to – to be a leader in this sort of development that we're doing here. Um, and it's it's quite easy to get discouraged sometimes. And I, I have to just, you know, have the right energy levels and make sure that I look after myself. So that is something that I, that I do. But look, I mean, at the end of the day, I quite like the fact that the work that we are doing here is going to hopefully secure a planned future that, that my children will be able to um, enjoy and they'll be able to have real options for um, high high growth, high quality industries where really good, well-paying jobs are available to people. Um, and, and, you know, that there are, that really we've, we've got a future that is, is really bright and really exciting. And, and I quite like being involved in a catalyst project to, to that sort of future. Sun Central CEO Amanda Yates. And if there's something in the episode that you just heard, something that's relatable to others, maybe a friend of yours, a family member, uh, please feel free to share the episode about on your social media or text the link to uh, whoever you might think might be interested in having a listen. Until next time, take care.